Hey everyone, welcome back to Runkle Recaps. This is How I Met Your Podcast, and this is episode 1.9, Belly Full of Turkey. Jen, hello. Hello, Steve. It's so nice to be back podcasting with you as my regular co-host after podcasting with Tyler. <laughs> Nobody knows what you're talking about. Okay, so our five-year-old Tyler decided that he too wants to be a podcaster. And you sometimes hear him coming down to interrupt us because he wants to get in on the action. So we've been having trouble kind of finding a thing that he could do it on. But I needed to pull him away from his iPad for a little bit yesterday and decided, you know, one way to to do it and occupy him was for him and I to record a podcast. And he's been making a lot of lists of things he likes. And I thought, well, I like lists. He's starting to make lists. Why not do Tyler's? your child. Yeah. When I do Tyler's podcast or Tyler's lists, or I kind of like I'm working on like Tyler's takes, but you want to do something different with him when you record with him, right? Yeah, I'm thinking about us doing like a little thing on books that he's reading. Okay. So I, I don't know that we're going to be pushing it through the same stream as Runkle Recaps because it's not a recap. Yeah, I don't know that it's the same audience. <laughs> No, so, but I don't want to create a whole nother f- website or anything like that. Yeah, we got to figure it out. Or maybe if we do, we kind of just do it slowly over time. We can build a, his own website, maybe. Yeah, we can just do a sub. Or maybe we never release them. I mean, we can always kind of fool him into thinking they've gone public. I by just sort he of, knows what podcasts actually do. <laughs> that's true, too. I think he knows that we record them, but I don't think he realizes what happens to them after that. Yeah, as far as he knows, we're sort of talking into a microphone and playing it back, or into a tape recorder and playing it back like the old... A tape recorder? Yeah. He doesn't know what a tape recorder is. <laughs> Did you do that when you were a kid? Did you, like... Re- oh, of course. Have your own radio show with a tape and a little, <laughs> the little, you know, five by ten inch... Tape recorder. Yeah, uh, my grandparents had one, and that's how I learned I couldn't actually sing because I thought I could. <laughs> <laughs> it was really um, heartbreaking. <laughs> I would play a music on the radio and record the song on the radio, and yeah. then be the DJ in between the song. Now I would do that separately, like on my boombox. I would record stuff off the radio, but I don't think there was an option to be your own DJ. I don't know, maybe you had. Maybe if we, like, hooked up a microphone to it, but we didn't have one. Well, Belly Full of Turkey, awesome episode. Yes. And timely episode. We're in November. Yeah, we're actually going to have to probably record two this week, although we'll probably just release one this week and one next week. But we're heading out of town to Guatemala for a few days. Vacation. Yeah. Uh, Our cousin lives out there, and... We're getting our own vacation home and doing it with my brother's family, but it's uh, it's right off a big lake, and it's a nice vacation home with a pool on it, so we're really looking forward to the, the break. But I don't, I'm not confident that we'll be able to watch an episode while we're out there. Yeah, we're not going to bring the microphones. And- yeah, that, the danger of, of damage. Actually, we are looking to get new microphones, so it might not be the worst thing in the world to, to, for these to be damaged. Eh, it just seems like an unnecessary step. True. We can so take a vacation from the podcast. Yeah, and we can do we can do two this week and just kind of either release two this week or right or or wait till we get back and release the next one on Thursday next week. I just doubt we'll be able to record another one once we get back. But that being said, Belly Full of Turkey, awesome episode. Um, I have it ranked at number fifty six, which is wow the highest ranking of any show that we've recorded about so far, not including the ones that we lost. 
or maybe including those, I can't remember. But this is, I guess this is ranked even higher than Return of the Shirt, which we loved. Yeah. So, um, oh yeah, I have it written down here. Two ahead, it's ranked two ahead of Return of the Shirt. I guess that was 58. Ah, okay. And it's kind of sandwiched in between two shows I don't really care for. The Duel, which was okay. And then next week's is going to be the Pineapple Incident, which uh, I don't love. Oh, no, I I mean... What'd you say? It's okay? (laughs) It's just okay. It's all right. No, I do like Drunk Ted, though. No, that one has some good moments. Yeah. (laughs) No more comment from me. (laughs) We open up on this episode with kids, Thanksgiving in New York, and then kind of just talks about how beautiful it is, and they're showing this montage of pictures of Central Park in autumn, which are gorgeous. Fall, autumn, my favorite time of year. I love the changing of the colors colors of the leaves. I, I think if we ever moved to, like, California or something, it would be very difficult for me not to experience that every year. It's just such yeah. a joy for me. Yeah, and we've both always lived in places where there are four seasons. Mm-hmm. I could do without winter or spring, <laughs> but the fall I do love. Um, I don't think there's any place where it's just summer and fall. I don't think so. All right. Uh, we start off in the apartment, and Lily comes out and said she just Ralphed, which is her code for. Have we heard Ralphed already? It's her code for uh, I don't think so. throwing up. People used to say that when I was in like junior high, that they Ralphed. I don't know that I've ever actually heard that used in real life. It's a weird way of saying it. I guess it's a funny way of saying it. At this point, they're blaming it on the night before drinking of the Thanksteenie, which is a Barney-invented drink with cranberry, vodka, and a bouillon cube. I think that sounds good. It doesn't sound... I don't hate (laughs) it. And they seem to enjoy it while they're drinking it. I think it tastes like a Thanksgiving dinner. I would not mind trying it. What was his Quanzatini? Is that... Quanzapolitan. We never found out what was in it, though. Now, is that in the TV version, or is that a little too... I think it was. Appropriated. Misappropriated. No, I think it was on the TV version. We watched the Hulu version. Yeah, we we noticed a bunch of things that we'll probably call out that aren't in the TV version these days. Marshall is bouncing around in and out of his room. <laughs> Marshall's very excited. Very excited to go home. We learned, I don't know if we already knew he was from Minnesota, but now we know. Yeah, I think this might be the first time it's been brought up. They're going home to Minnesota to have Thanksgiving with his family in St. Cloud. Minnesota. Minnesota. Hey, you're you're not allowed. That's <laughs> that's appropriate misappropriation on your part. I, my family's from Minnesota. I'm allowed, I'm allowed to do to that. Misappropriate other white people stuff. No, we're taking some things back <laughs> from other white people. No. If people of other races want to do that, that's fine. But no, as a white person not from Minnesota, you can't do that. Now well, you're not from Minnesota either. My family's from Minnesota. It's not the same. Um, it most certainly is. <laughs> Tell us what you think, folks. Lily's not excited to go to Minnesota there. She's asked, and she kept saying, yeah, no. And we don't see it that much this episode, but it turns out that Lily and Marshall's mom really don't get along. Yeah, they write that later. Yeah, that really comes into play in much later seasons. Well, she says something nasty to Lily during the wedding, I think, about Lily not going to heaven. The wedding? 
Well, we don't or, see it. It happens off screen. We hear about it from Lily later that uh, when they when they're getting married, when her oh, and Marshall right. are getting married, it's something to the effect of them saying, you know, for eternity. They'll, they'll love each other for an eternity, <laughs> and her mom right. said something, not eternity, honey. Marshall's going to heaven. <laughs> we'll get to that in a long time for now, I think. Um, Robin's there at the apartment with them. She's asking Ted why he's not going back to Shaker Heights, Ohio, where he's from for Thanksgiving. He said he's got to work on Friday. Uh, and I have to say, that's a scam. Any, <laughs> any business that makes you work the Friday after Thanksgiving that isn't retail or a restaurant, but like a business business like it's a little bah humbuggish yeah like how are you gonna because yeah it prevents people from going home if they're not from you know if they're living in a different city from where they grew up now my new job we looked at my vacation my allowed vacation not my vacation but Your the holidays. holidays and they're they're only given the thursday but we don't have pt pay time off so i could just take whatever day i want to off so that's not going to be an issue. Right. No, I've never, I don't think I've ever worked anywhere that we didn't get that day off. I think this is my first. But yeah, I don't think it counts if you can just take off whenever you want anyway. Robin's not going anywhere because she's Canadian and this is not her Thanksgiving. And then we get a little back and forth between her and her and Ted about Canada versus the U.S. She kind of goes after our uh, handgun violence. I'm surprised she just chose handguns. I wonder if that's... I, I, mean, I, I feel like there's... five, six-ish, it probably was handguns. I mean, when did the... I mean, not to get too political, but didn't the... some sort of gun ban expire around that time? Yeah, but the... the assault f- weapons ban? Yeah, but I think with, like, gang violence, I don't think it's... Well, we, we don't have the facts in front of us. Yeah. But <laughs> that, that being one. said, it's funny that she picks that as one of the things since she's a bit of a gun nut herself. Yeah, but and she goes not, after our health care and Medicaid. She doesn't call it out, but it's Medicaid or Medicare going bankrupt at the time. Still is. Um, but then she's is, deeply divided on almost every important issue. <laughs> that hasn't gotten better. Right. Tense retorts are really just to make fun of <laughs> the things they say, like they call their cops Mounties. <laughs> One of my favorite lines in this episode. Your cops are called Mounties. After she gives like this, you know, kind of impassioned speech about what's wrong with America. That's his yeah, only he wasn't comeback. he wasn't really prepared to defend America, <laughs> no. nor, nor did I think he really wanted to. But Barney, it turns out, goes to a strip club as they're they're you know what's Barney doing? He goes to a strip club every year, and he's trying to. They sort of do a flash over to. Am I right? I think maybe this was going on at McLaren's. They flash over to McLaren's when he's trying to right. convince them. Yeah. He says that. Uh, on Thanksgiving, he describes the strippers, the strippers doing a reenactment of Thanksgiving with, you know, one's a cowboy and one's an Indian. Cowboy. And then they. It's a pilgrim. Oh, pilgrim, yes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's Thanksgiving. <laughs> You're right. I don't know what I was thinking. One's a pilgrim, one's an Indian, and, you know. Lily protests the description. He goes, oh, sorry, Native American. No, that wasn't her. Her quarrel was that they, quote unquote, share a meal. Well, yes. And I, that's I when didn't Lily, go that far into yeah. it. <laughs> but that was Lily's objection. And yes, Barney's retort is, yes, Native American. Like, that's what she was mad about. As they're flashing that scene, you can see a lot of thanks teeny glasses on the table. So I guess oh, I didn't notice that. Drinking quite a few of them. Ted said he wants to volunteer this year to... They joke that it's to counteract Barney's evil. And so him... 
him and Robin decide that they're going to go do volunteer work. We get the next scene in Minnesota. Minnesota. <laughs> now, my, my aunt and uncle and cousins, especially my aunt and uncle, really spoke Minnesotan. Yes. Yeah, they were like, oh, dude. <laughs> All right, everyone, get in the car. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it's, I, I don't think I noticed that they did it until I got older. It's funny what you don't notice until right. you start to hear people sort of tease people about it. Now, did you notice it before you watched this episode? Yeah. <laughs> now, actually, they don't really go into the I think, that much. Well, I think it really was emphasized in Fargo. Right. When they're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> sure. I wonder if Fargo's ever coming back. That was a good it one. is. Is it? Yeah. I forget who. I think, like, Chris Rock's going to be in this one. Really? Yeah, I forget who else. There's some good names. Maybe we should recap that. Maybe. I mean, I, I would love to. There's, I think there's such stiff competition for, like, really hot shows that are on TV right now, you know? I mean, there's already several How I Met Your Mother podcasts, so. <laughs> yeah, but they're not. Okay. We'll think about it. Let us know, current listeners, if that's something you'd like us to cross over into. Yeah, it's a weird, you know, addition, but Sorry. really good. So we, we, we're in Minnesota. And as they're coming in, we find out that Marshall at six foot four is the runt of the family, and his brothers are extremely tall. <laughs> and then we meet Marshall's dad, who's played by a, a great comedic actor, Bill Fagerbach. Is that his name? Yeah, I don't I know if I'm, that. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it the right way. I I got to know him really well when he was on Coach because I think right. I, I think I watched the full run of Coach back in the early '90s, mid '90s. That sounds right. I never knew what his name was. And then he was uh, he was like an evil Nazi, neo-Nazi prison guard in Oz. Oh, I can't he gets see a, that. He gets a pretty gruesome death, Ooh. as all neo-Nazis should. And sorry, that was <laughs> a little too far. But and then he's not uh, complaining. He is uh, like most of the voices on SpongeBob. Really? Yeah, I don't think he's SpongeBob himself, but he's he plays like twenty other characters on SpongeBob. Interesting. And we get introduced to Basque Ice Ball. Not Ice Kit Ball? Ice Kit Ball? <laughs> that just doesn't sound right. <laughs> it's the most dangerous and awesome sport in the world. And I don't know if you noticed this, but like as they're all talking and they're coming in, there's like this gigantic wheel of cheese on the counter. Oh, I didn't. It's like if I hold my hands out to make a circle, like that's the size of this wheel of cheese. Hmm. I would like to go to there. Yes. It looks delicious. Lily starts talking trash about they think they're good at the Basque Ice Ball, but that's because they've never seen her play, which is... It's a weird sort, thing to say. Yeah, it's sort of goofy <laughs> because, well, for one, she doesn't know how dangerous it is. We don't know that Lily's ever... We don't, we've never seen her ice skate, so we don't know if that's a skill of hers. <laughs> But and she grew up in New York, so it's likely that she did do some ice skating. Yeah, that's true. But it's just sort of a funny, a weird choice to have her kind of pick a fight with a brother, even jokingly. Right. It gives like, them an excuse to have him throw a ball and hit her in the head. Right. And but I do like the mom's reaction. <laughs> and you can you kind of tell like this is the first time I noticed this, but you can tell it's a stunt double. Oh yeah. That's gonna hit the head because she's. Her arm's completely covering her face, so you can't see the face. <laughs> right. We cut to a soup kitchen of 
Barney, I'm sorry, Ted and Robin entering. And immediately, pretty much as they get in there, they run into Barney. And <laughs> Barney, what are you doing here? Oh, just the Lord's work. <laughs> but you're the devil. <laughs> They're very confused. And then they run into his supervisor who's wearing a headset. And... Oh, who's he talking to? I don't. I didn't see a single other person with a headset on. Maybe nobody. Maybe he just liked the look. Maybe <laughs> just, gave him a little sense of authority. Okay. Maybe there's people out in the living in the dining area that are wearing them also. But you would think that Barney would have had one on right. as he's going out to help. So I, I don't know. Good question. <laughs> just seemed like a weird choice. His name's Kendall. He confirms that Barney is his best volunteer. And Barney's got a good sort of brown nosy. It's because I was trained by the best Kendall. Right. And it's just Barney's line delivery is just on point this entire episode. Oh, yeah. yep. This he is really getting good. Yeah. <laughs> this whole thing is very funny. All right. He, Kendall rejects Ted and Robin, says they don't need any more people. It's Thanksgiving, that's the most common volunteer day of the year. And then Barney just vouches for them. Hey, they're cool. Right. And that seems funny. to work. And so they're told to stand on the side and wait till there's something for them to do. Barney has one last good line. Were you going to mention it? <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Because Barney has to go because he's got a lot of food to give out and a lot of smiles. <laughs> <laughs> these, these really are like the kind of lines he was throwing out there with the matchmaker and right. with his profile online of just sort of these really over hammy, the <laughs> over the top, yeah, uh, statements about himself that are just very comedic and, and counterintelligent to what his character is actually like. Right. And we're kind of buying it. Yeah. No, later in the episode, he refers to himself as like the Angelina Jolie of really hot guys. Yeah. So he's really not um, down on himself this episode. We're in Minnesota again, and Lily gets her Erickson family apron. She doesn't look too thrilled about this from her, her, mother, her mother-in-law to be. They put her on salad duty, and she starts saying, oh, great, I know how to make this great, and she names a fancy salad. I didn't write it down, but then one of the sister-in-laws looks at her and goes, <laughs> but this is an American holiday. I did. It was like undive and frise with... Some sort of vinaigrette. Sounds very French. <laughs> yeah. It sounded good, but definitely not for Minnesota Thanksgiving. No, they want her to make a seven-layer salad. <laughs> and did you see the container that this salad is supposed to go in? Yeah. <laughs> it's humongous. Yeah, you can't get too many layers at once going in that salad. Like, usually when you have a layered salad, you can at least sort of mix five or six of the layers. But in this one, it seems like you're really only going to get two layers at a time. Yeah, that's true. You have to eat the top layers to get to the bottom layers. Yeah. Unless they have a giant spoon that they can scoop all the way down. Well, they did have a giant spoon, but I don't think that's what they're doing, using to to serve it. Marshall bounds in, acting like a little kid, and talk, you know, describing the game like, you know, he's eight years old. He's talking about how he dunked, and he's carrying a lacrosse stick, which plays into Bass Guy's <laughs> ball somehow. I... I, we sort of get an explanation of what the game's really like later, but at this point, I just can't see if there's a if they're on ice. Which I how do they? Maybe they take a hose. Maybe they have a pond out back. Yeah, that could be. But then where does the basketball? But with hoop a basketball hoop next to <laughs> yeah. it, it's very, just very hard to picture this this game. They don't give us much. 
<laughs> and then Lily acts a little needy. I, I find this a, yeah. a little annoying. Yeah, I, I found it annoying too, but then I guess looking at it from another angle, like she doesn't, clearly doesn't really know these people that well, and she kind of just got dumped in the kitchen with these three women that she clearly has nothing in common with. Yeah, but she's a New Yorker. I mean, she should be a little more used to making some conversation. I guess. Yeah, no, I, I mean, yeah, she's a little whiny. I like how Marcus calls Marshall Dorco. Oh, did we already point out that all their names start with M? No, we haven't. So it's Marcus, Marshall, did you get the other one? Marvin's the dad. Right. And what's the other brother? I mean, the baby's Martin. So the other thinner, tall brother. Marcus, Marvin. We don't have to nail it right yeah, now. No, I don't. <laughs> I the, feel like he doesn't show up very much. Like, Marcus is around, I think. Yeah, in later seasons. Yeah, it's funny because I generally find him to not be a very good actor, but then sometimes he just nails some lines <laughs> in later seasons. <laughs> like, if you see his his peas and carrots acting while they're kind of going by him at the dinner table, mm-hmm. it's not very good. Like, he doesn't look like he's acting like a normal human. <laughs> but then later, like, that, I think that sort of sets up him to say these... Um, heart-touching lines in another episode where he comes off as very wise. Right. And poetic. And that contrast makes it funnier. Yeah, agreed. We're back at the... There's the exchange of Dorcos. We're back at the soup kitchen, and Barney describes how doing this work gives him a soul boner. Gross. (laughs) But I laughed at that. Uh, We gotta go back to Minnesota real quick. Um, Because as he's walking out, Marshall's walking out the door, he makes a comment about, like... Can't you see why everybody from my high school stays in this town? Which is kind of just like a little bit of foreshadowing where this episode ends up going for Lily and, you know, why Lily starts freaking out. Kind of foreshadowing where this episode tends, you know, starts to go with Marshall and his family kind of thinking that eventually maybe they'll move to Minnesota and kind of starts Lily down the path of yeah. freaking out. Yeah, this really sets it up. Yeah. But anyways, back to Barney being gross. Yeah. Ted asks if they can tap in and help to scoop some food, scoop some stuffing. And Barney's got a funny line about, hey, sure, yeah, you can come in and do that. Hey, NFL, I'd like to come in and be quarterback. That's a good line with the the NFL quarterback. <laughs> right. I like the, the equating the two. We go back to Minnesota. Lily's put in the gummy bear layer of the salad. <laughs> And then the next layer is potato chips. I didn't get very much of this. I'm not sure if I was listening, if I was looking away while this was going on. But how does we soon find out that she thinks there's a chance that she might be pregnant, and that's maybe why she was quote unquote Ralphing. But she was on day six of being late for her time of the month. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, the Mrs. Erickson brings it up first, like, "Oh, have you thought about having babies?" And that's how we kind of get the. The explanation, because Lily's like, no, no, I haven't thought about it at all. And then, yeah, the narrator comes in. Oh, but she has thought about it. Yeah, she, that's all she's been thinking about. You know, now she's on day six that's of being right. late. And, you know, she threw up the day before. That's when Judy, the mom, is pulling the turkey out of the oven and <laughs> says that, they starts talking about when she had Marcus. Uh, he was a 15-pound beautiful baby. Not much bigger than this turkey right here. <laughs> And the they doctor th- thought he was twins. <laughs> <laughs> and then 
Lily's face as she pictures two of those turkeys coming out of her. <laughs> We're back at the soup kitchen, and there's some talk between Robin and Ted. There's a setup for a bad joke about having not done charity work before, and right. Robin said, "I remember when I, I I've done charity work. Remember when I said I'd find you a girlfriend?" Ha ha ha. Is that a thing they've talked about? Not well. I I don't think at length, but I think there's been mention of. That Robin would keep an eye out for somebody. Yeah, and I feel like she kind of has introduced him to someone at the bar in the last few episodes. Yeah, I guess that's true. I guess that's a little different, though, than her. Well, all right. No, that's fine. This was a, a bad joke. It's it's in the running for my worst joke of the night, <laughs> which we've actually forgotten to do the last couple of times. We've got to get back on top we of that. We have. Robin... Introduces Ted to Amanda. I didn't. I meant to look at her up. She looks a little familiar. And then Robin's. She mistakes Robin for his girlfriend. Robin says, "Oh no, no, no! They used to date, but he was too much for her." And then goes into a bit of detail on it. Yeah. Like he's too much for her. And I forget what the first one is, but it ends in in bed. Oh my god! Now, was Amanda buying this, or does she know that? This was just Robin trying to set him up and talk about. It seemed like up. she was buying it a little bit, just like the kind of the the reaction she gives. But then it's not like you know she doesn't seem to be into Ted after that. I like in late seasons when Robin's trying to hook Ted up with somebody, and she's like trying to be honest about him. Now, <laughs> to be honest, he won't blow you away in bed, but you know he gets you there eventually. <laughs> Was that the same one where, like, she over, you know, yeah, makes She builds him up too yeah. much at first, and then she does... And then goes way in the opposite direction. But And then accidentally sends that and somehow copies Barney and all them in on it, too. <laughs> Anyways. All right. We'll get there later. Where was I? All right. So we're, we're back at the soup kitchen. We said that. Amanda. Uh, Amanda and Ted start talking. And... Amanda says that she'll let him sort foods. She says, take the good stuff out of this box and put it in this other box. And as he's getting started trying to sort some things, he moves a box and sees Barney's Volunteer of the Year picture. (laughs) Which is good. Yeah, nice touch. We're in Minnesota. They're at the dinner table now. And Judy's, or one of the sister-in-laws brings out little Marvin who's supposed to be three months old. He's about the size of a two-year-old. Yeah, he's got to be at least 18 months old. <laughs> he seems like whatever he is, he's big, because he still looks like kind of a baby, because yeah. he's got that really thin hair. Yeah, he's just very long. <laughs> yeah. And now, she's pregnant again. They're really layering it on. This, they do this oh, yeah. a really good job here of, of bringing Lily to the breaking point. Right, and, you know, oh, he's been drinking his milk, and they all, like, have these giant glasses (laughs) of milk. (laughs) And then Marvin makes a comment about (laughs) the sperm of (laughs) the Erickson man. Dad, you're embarrassing me. Two tails and a drill bit for a head. (laughs) (laughs) They make a comment about Lily becoming an Erickson, and that's when she reveals that she's not going to take the Erickson name. And Oh, that was a bad, bad move. <laughs> and Judy says, but the apron. <laughs> Which is a good joke. Yeah. 
The sister-in-law looks horrified. And they get this, then they get into this back and forth about where, where they will live. Right, because the Ericsons are known in St. Cloud, and Lily's like, yeah, that doesn't matter. We're not going to live here. Right? Yeah, and she has a good kind of exiting line of, you know, she grew up in New York. It's, um, people do grow up in New York. They grow to the proper size, and then we stopped. <laughs> That's one of my favorites of the episode. We're back at the soup kitchen, and we learn that the box that Ted's putting together is for, actually for Amanda, and Ted protests, you know, this food's supposed to be for the hungry. And she goes, I know, and I'm starving. Eh, and all of a sudden lame. she, yeah, I think it's not a bad line, but I like that she was sort of soft and pretty and, you know, this good person <laughs> right. that volunteered. And all of a sudden she's like, and I'm starving. Like she starts to get this, take on this sort of weird personality. Right. And her line delivery becomes very abrupt. Yeah. Bad, bad volunteer. Back in Minnesota. They're doing a little more talk about well, the, where they will live, and Lily gets up and leaves and flees and drives away. We don't know why at this point. We think she's kind of just overact, overreact. Well, no, we do know. They don't know. Right. It just seems like this weird New Yorker. Although we don't know that she's going to like get a pregnancy test, but we know that she's leaving because she can't handle this conversation That's anymore. a good point. Yeah. Barney, back at the soup kitchen, is lecturing them about the box. And we then shortly find, shortly after that, find out that he has to sign a timesheet. His volunteer work is court-mandated. And then we get the backstory of how he peed on a church, which seems like an innocent mistake. I, I mean, I think so. But, like, again, his line delivery. It's my private personal business. <laughs> Very good. And, you know, that justifies to Ted and Robin. They understand, oh, yes, no, you are evil. All is right with the world again. You're doing this because you have to. Yeah, and then, you know, Ted to try and make up for helping Amanda then rats on her to Kendall, who chides her for taking the, <laughs> the, some of the stuff that he wanted. And then he gets to repeat the same starving joke. And I'm starving joke. Right. Um, so Ted grabs the portobello mushrooms and <laughs> runs out of the dining room, starts throwing them around and handing them out. And that's when she yells, those are the good mushrooms. Like, those shouldn't go to the homeless people. <laughs> He's just whipping mushrooms at people. I dare say, prepared the right way, you who don't like mushrooms would actually like portobello mushroom. It doesn't really it. taste like mushroom. If you could mentally get over the fact that it's a mushroom, you'd probably like the taste of it. Yeah. Yuck. Lily pops into a convenience store back in St. Cloud, and she's buying the pregnancy test, and then she complains to the clerk at the store that a family of mayo-guzzling giants are trying to suck her into their suburban nightmare. (laughs) And she refers to the Ericsons, and the clerk right away knows the Eric. Oh, you know the Ericsons? Oh, you must be Lily. (laughs) Which, yeah goes to Marvin's point that everybody knows the Ericsons. Yeah. St. Cloud. Very small town. And he makes a comment that we agreed probably wasn't in the TV version, but he mentions that she's actually bigger than she was described. (laughs) Which which, is weird. Yeah, which I guess the, the, you know, what they're trying to joke about is that the Ericsons have described her as the the tiniest person in the world. (laughs) Which, I mean, next to them, I mean... The brother's got to be at least two feet taller than her. 
she asks to be able to go to the bathroom. He says, there is, there's not one. <laughs> and she says, well, what do you do? And then he says, oh, I hold it. And then he sips from his giant drink that he <laughs> clearly is at the bottom of that he's got to be holding. This is the first of two times they sort of tap this sipping on an empty drink tool right. uh, for a sound effect that makes the, the scene funnier. Now, <laughs> which, which works, and I don't know how they knew it would. But it does. Yeah, no. <laughs> this is always a good one. Anytime one of us has a beverage with a straw and gets to the end of it, we <laughs> usually say this line. Yeah. So we're back at the soup kitchen, but we're outside on the curb. Eventually everyone's been fired, including Barney. Yeah, which is weird. Barney. Matt, what's the justification? Cause just because Barney vouched for them? Yeah. He gets kicked out? Yeah, he seems, it seems like he could appeal to a judge, but I, I think by the time you're in, you're doing community service, you, you don't get a lot of leeway. I guess not. Now, how many community service hours did he get if he's been doing this for over a year and he still has 40 more to go? Mm, good question. That's a lot for peeing on a church. Although I guess maybe a soup kitchen's only open, you know, a few hours on a Sunday. So maybe it takes some time to... Rack it all up. I think you once told me because you were dealing, you deal a lot with homeless people in DC that there's almost always some place for them to go get food. Yes. For free. Yes. A soup kitchen or something of the like. Yeah, now there's a lot of opportunities in DC where, you know, churches are doing things. You know, the organization that I work at does different things. They're at least, ooh, I'm a bad worker. I don't know the exact schedule, but yeah, several days a week and evenings a week, you know, we do things as well. There's some um, places that are open seven days a week, breakfast. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. We, we don't need the, the whole pitch for your, <laughs> for your community service. <laughs> but yes, in D.C. there are a plethora of opportunities for people that need meals. So listeners, if any of you are homeless people in D.C., um, write us. We'll help you find places to go find food. But I, at my last job, we would do, no, actually two jobs ago, we would do a lot of volunteer work. No, this was the last job. So there was different things we could sign up for. This was around our, our beginning of the year kickoff. And so I signed up for Bread for the City. Mm-hmm. Is that the right name for it? Yeah. And I was like, Bread for the City, that sounds wonderful. I'll be baking bread. The whole place <laughs> will smell like warm baked bread. This is going to be such a great volunteer job to have. I'm going to be handing out food and smiles. <laughs> I get there, and it's all like sorting disgusting clothes people have donated and putting them, you know, sorting them into similar piles. And then, and so. I don't know if people have been washing these clothes. It's really <laughs> gross. I sort of jumped into project manager mode of my group that was doing this and making sure everything was organized and getting more bags and being the mm-hmm. runner. And I'll carry those down instead of being, I have to be the one to touch them and put them in, in the bag myself. But anyways, it was, there was no bread. There was no food. There was, there was no smiles. There was no smiles? No. Uh, no, I've worked with that organization a lot in my work in D.C. They're good. Not a single soul boner. Ew. <laughs> gross. No, they actually do give out food. And I wrote a couple papers about that organization when I was getting my master's. I didn't even smell the food. Like, you would think I'd smell some bread. Well, they're not actually cooking bread. <laughs> it's all donations. 
All right, we're at a, the strip club again. Or no, now we're at the strip club for the first time because Ted felt bad about getting Barney fired. Barney had a you know a good yelling at Ted moment of volunteer of the year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he really put a lot of emphasis into that scream. Yeah. And it, it seems like sort of a setup to get Ted to agree to go to the strip club. For oh, yeah, because he immediately. <laughs> I'm glad you asked. You. <laughs> and they, you know, yeah, cut to them at the strip club, and Robin comes too. And they say the food actually is good. Yeah. Ted says a line of something about, you know, public urination. Who, who, who gets arrested for public urination, and then it immediately bounces to. Marshall getting a call that Lily just got arrested for public urination. <laughs> right. So I like the way these two stories start to parallel or mm-hmm. cross over on each other, even though they're unrelated to one another. Um, I was once with one of our friends, or more my friend, at Dewey Beach, and we were leaving the club late at night or the bar late at night, and you know, I guess ordering, getting ready to you know try and track down a taxi to take us back to the beach house. And my friend got caught by cops that were out in the parking lot for peeing behind a bush uh, back onto the sort of the, the outside wall of the bar. Really? I don't remember they, this. They, you weren't, I don't think you were on this trip. Oh, I think okay. it might have been before you started coming with us. Oh, okay. And he did not arrest my friend. He wrote him up a citation. Oh, yeah. And so I was really, I had a lot to drink that night, and I started to try jokingly more so to convince the cop that my friend had you my <laughs> yes i was like my friend has a urinary issue he has he has uromycetosis oh my god i was like he usually has a public pass that he carries around with him for permit him to for public urination i don't think the cop the cop i don't think was getting my commentary <laughs> I didn't go into the whole Chinese prison thing, but... <laughs> so, for anybody that doesn't know, that's actually a bit from Seinfeld. When they get busted for pee- urinating in the... The parking the garage. The parking garage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Okay. Anyway. We're in the jail in Minnesota. Marshall's coming in. Of course, he knows the guard. Right. And Lily mentions that it's the most depressing place ever. They do a quick cut to the back to the strip club. Ted invites us where Barney's like parading his his volunteer of the year yeah. thing around. Lily tells Marshall she'll explain why she did what she did, but he has to promise her that they will never have to live in Minnesota. And she gets she's a little nuts right now. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I'd want to live in Minnesota though. And she's had a bad day. True. And they this all kind of gets solved with a couple lines back and forth. Yeah. This doesn't go very far. She explains, you know, that she was doing a pregnancy test. Marshall says that he, they shouldn't raise their kid in Minnesota. That it, there's no way. And this was not in the TV version. There's no right. way they should any kids should be playing ba- basketball. There's no there's no there's no rules to it. They just kind of wail on each other. <laughs> And then she, you know, says, well, no matter where we raise them, as long as you're the dad, it'll be fine. And then she makes a really cheesy joke. Gosh, I hope you're the father. Yep. Not good. But okay. 
very few bad lines in this one. Right. So, yeah, they really delay this. You know, she's taken the test, but the cop arrested her before she could look at it. So they're, you know, having this whole conversation before they know the result of it. And they're, like, getting to the point where they're, like, about to look at it and see. And then the cop <laughs> chimes in. It's negative. <laughs> yeah, that was okay. <laughs> Back at the strip club. There's a very strange sequence in this strip club. That was not in the yeah. TV version of Barney bringing over a homeless guy. Well, before that, too, we learned that the reason Ted has to work is because he's designing an executive lounge for a tobacco company. Yeah, I don't think that's in the TV version either. I don't either. think so. I don't remember that at all. And so He's on the side of he's cancer. He's on the side of cancer. <laughs> uh, but yeah, then Barney brings over yeah, a homeless guy and says, you know, Ted's... You need to buy him a lap dance yeah, for $20. But, the... I don't know how excited the dancer, exotic dancer, would be to give the homeless smelly guy a lap dance, even for the $20. That is very judgmental of you. I have worked with many a homeless person who is not smelly. I've worked with a lot of lap dancers. No, I haven't. (laughs) No, I mean... He looked smelly, though. (laughs) There There weren't squiggly lines coming off of him, but he was pretty dirty. I mean, yeah, he he might not have been so just having the best hygiene. To, but. to back that up a little bit, I don't think every homeless person's smelly, but when they look as dirty as that, my guess is. What was this guy's name? Walter yes. was his name. And it, it, this scene goes on a lot longer than it should with Ted being like, yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. And yeah, oh, I'll buy you, you know. A ticket for the buffet. Oh, he's already eaten at, you know... Somewhere. Three different soup kitchens. Yeah. And so finally Ted relents and, you know, buys him the lap dance. Which is weird. They do it's a, a cut... Scene. They do a cut back to Minnesota where everyone's around the table laughing and there wasn't really much use for the scene except for to show that it looks like everybody in the family has reaccepted. Lily back into the right. dinner table, and they're just going to let it pass. I wonder if they ever explained back to the family why she ran out. Right. I guess they were going to find it. They might as well. They were going to find out. Everyone knows everyone else. Yeah, I guess that's true. They were going to talk to the guy, the clerk. Right. At, at the... Yeah, it wouldn't take them long to figure it out. We go back to the strip club, and Ted's getting another round of food, or maybe his first round at the buffet. And he meets Amber, who reveals her name is really Tracy. Ted's got a, not a bad joke where he's Ted, and then he says, Stomp still Ted. Yeah. And then jokes with his kids. The narrator does that. That's how I met your mother. They said, what? He said, just kidding. Although, as we were reminded by our loyal listener, Lucas, who's from Germany. Hey, Lucas. That Tracy's actually ends up being the name of the mother. Yep. So this is, I guess, the first hint that I can think of, you know, in, what are we, in eight or nine, yeah, nine episodes of who the mother might be. Although, so there's a few possibilities here. One, they always had that name in mind for the mother, so this is a little Easter egg that we Mm -hmm. were going to find on rewatching. Two, they were trying to think of a name, and and they said, well, hey, why don't we do it for that, you know, same name we use as the stripper. Right. To create the Easter egg. Or three, they just forgot. 
that that was right. a name they gave to somebody <laughs> already, and she was the stripper. You know, though, as much as the show plots out, I'd be surprised if it was that third version. I bet it's... Yeah, and if, if they're revealing the name and the kids are like, kind of buy it for a second, right. then it makes the likelihood is that either it was one, either A or B. Yeah. But yeah, thank you to Lucas for writing in. Okay, yeah, thanks, Lucas. All right, what was your favorite joke of the night? My favorite joke of the night was, I think Lily's, you know, about growing up in New York. We grew to the proper size, and then we stopped. Okay. And then all of Barney's just line reads. I know I'm going to cheat a little bit here. But I, I think the three line deliveries in a row of Barney at the soup kitchen of just the Lord's work, because <laughs> I was trained by the best, Kendall, and there's a lot of food to give out there and a lot of smiles. They're just they're all in the same scene, mm-hmm. and it hits you one, two, three, and they're all great. <laughs> I think sort of the combination of those creates the best joke of Barney uh, being this other person temporarily in our heads. I like it. All right, what's your least favorite joke? The soul boner. I'd say mine's probably, at least I hope you're the father by Lily. I thought that was lame. Uh, close second from Robbins. I, I have done charity work. I said I was going to find you a girlfriend. Oh, and yeah, and Robbins. It's, I guess it's not a joke, but just Robbins' speech about you know, not being enough of a woman for Ted, I did not care for. I like that one. Are it's you, creepy. Are you trying to say <laughs> that's just okay? It's... <laughs> All right. Well, well before can, you do your sign off, yeah, how me, can people find us? Yep, we're at runklerecaps.com, at runklerecaps on Twitter. Uh, we're at underscore how I met your podcast underscore on Instagram. Um, depending on where you're listening, I don't really actually know the intricacies of you know stitcher spotify Castbox, all the rest but wherever you listen if possible if you could rate and review us that would be greatly appreciated next week as we mentioned we're doing the pineapple incident whereby ted wakes up with someone in his bed and then he's trying to piece back together the night is there anything else going on in this in that one that jumps into your mind? I, I know the main thing is just, yeah, Ted got blackout drunk. I can't think of anything really going on with Marshall and Lily outside of helping Ted figure out what happened. Have Carl as a vampire? <laughs> well. Yeah, I guess maybe they're not doing too much else. Uh, yeah, I guess it's mostly them trying to help Ted piece it together. The next day. Yeah, not a great episode, but like like you, the bad ones are getting better, I think. Yeah. No, I think I I like this one. I like Ted's, you know, he's trying to quiet down his brain. Yeah, the the returning to the bar several times. It's got its moments. I like it. Hold on one second. Um, All right, well. Oh, well. I got to get going now for obvious reasons. So we'll talk to everyone next week. Or actually, we're going to record in a couple days. So uh, you might get a, a, a bonus episode this week. Otherwise, we will. you'll hear from us next week. That was so eloquently put. <laughs> I'll see you later, or I'll see you after that. <laughs> Bye, everyone.